0: Man, that looks fun. But I don't have the right shoes. Today's process is this. Don't run your own race. Sit back, relax. Let's light that lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, online entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. Because this place is filled with monsters and bandits, here comes your first warning. Although I am a lawyer, this podcast is not for legal advice work with me you must have a signed agreement this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only all right let's enter the understory remember admission is free but understanding always has a price let's light the lantern What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on paper, on purpose, Wade Skalsky here, the understory lawyer. Reporting to you from the garage bunker, I have my blind dog, Lily. Who's uh, sleeping you may hear her snoring. My kids are arguing over some blueberry sandwiches. My wife is handling that situation. And my mother-in-law, Mimi, may be coming over in the middle of the podcast. So there could be fireworks. Not fireworks of agitation and confrontation, but fireworks of love and support, at least publicly. So, um, all right, let's chat. So yesterday... I got to get into the, into the forest. I got to go into the actual understory, which was awesome. So there is a, there's a park, there's first landing state park, which is door to door 20 minutes from me into the forest, right in the middle of the city. And it has five or six trails. The longest trails, like six miles. I haven't tackled that one yet. Um, and so basically the reason why I started hiking is a couple of reasons. Number one is that I'm working exercise into my routine to help handle the stress of my 15 jobs as I'm building the, building the serve gang. And, um, yeah, maybe it's not 15. I'm exaggerating. It's only like six, maybe, maybe seven, depending upon how you count it. But, uh, so right now I've got a lot of shit going on and I've got a four year old and a two year old and, uh, just a, being a family man and trying to be the best one that I can. And that's stressful with, along with the business I, I as six, seven jobs and a business. So, uh, it, it wears on you sometimes in terms of the actual stress level. Today I'm doing a little more self-care. This this evening I'm going to the chiropractor to help work on my hand from the ladder incident. And so I'm just doing everything I possibly can to try to get healthy and lose weight. I've cut some weight, which is good. I've got uh, Brian Parity from Bones to to Bulk who's helping me. And uh, everything is going, I would say solid. I'd give myself a B, B plus. But another reason why I'm going into the woods is because part of what I'm driving to for my next plan growth experience is a through hike. And if you don't know what a through hike is, a through hike is basically where um, instead of like a day hike where you would just, you know, drive. Thank you, Willie. You're bored already. Uh, Where you would just drive to a location, hike in uh, camp. And then hike out. It's like camping. A through hike is where you actually like start at one location, end at another location, and um, you're going through the trail Overnight, you know a number of days overnight like you can do as long as the pacific crest trail Which is three to five months or the appalachian trail, which is months and months uh, Or there are shorter ones. There's one. I have my eye on in new york That's like three to five days, which I think is about the max that I can get away with Maybe three days would be the max I can get away with but there's travel So I haven't gone into back into the exploratory, exploratory The exploratory phase of which through hike i'm going to do for my planned growth experience but Uh, I'm going to do one, and that's what I've settled on. And I've talked about it before because it's been sort of a – ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to do something like that. And I've always been too fearful or not the right time. And one thing about from-the-side learning is that you really can exponentially explode your life quickly in multiple areas by – purposefully entering into a process for something that you've never done before that's creative because uh, there's something very creative about the woods in the understory and uh and the process itself and then whipping that towards business and so you know when i'm out hiking so like yesterday i, I hiked for an hour right and so, for an hour, no phone, by myself, running around. I have the phone, but I don't answer it I, I or I don't pay any attention to it. I only use it for photos. That's why I have it with me. And uh, so, because I'm going to start getting the Instagram up and the Instagram, the interweb. I'll use the interweb to do the Instagram and get some pictures up and start publishing there, too. Uh, that's of phase, two. because once I have to get sort of some of the technical issues solved here, um, go from there. But... In any event, you know, when you're in the forest by yourself for an hour and the, the, the trail that I do over there is the, it's, I can't even pronounce it. Let me see here. Let me get this piece of paper and see if I can try to pronounce this again. The Osmanthus, the Osmanthus trails, like 2.5 miles once you start it. So you've got half, you know, half a mile to get to it. So you're doing like three miles, probably maybe two or three point three or three miles to get to it. So you're doing about three mile hike, you know, in like an hour, not like a super fast pace, you know, I'm kind of dicking around with my jacket and looking around and, um, and anyways, but when you're in there for an hour, you, your mind wanders, you're not, you're not in the moment the whole time in terms of in the forest and you, you see things in there, you see things in there that help, you know, whip you towards business. So I'm, I'm walking along in there and this is like the second time I've done this trail and the first time I didn't bring any water. So that was the, the biggest thing for me is incremental advances, right? And so for me, I'm going in there and I, and this time I made sure that I brought a day pack. So I have this just glorious Baltoro backpack from what I was going to do my through my actual do the um Pacific Crest trail. And that thing has got, it's got a solar charger on it so you can charge up your battery for your cell phone or for like other electronics that you, it just is like on the back of the pack. The thing has got an interior, it's got an interior pocket for like a camel pack and all of that. And so it's got a day pack actually built into it. So I got that bad boy out of storage and it's sitting in here now cause that's the one that I'm going to use for my through hike. So that's an example of, um, from business, for example, when you, let's say that you learn a skill, six years ago and you never use it again for a while but then you find yourself in a new situation you can dust that thing off and it's always good because advances are permanent and discovered advances are even better and um you know, discovered, discovered advances. Hey, don't I have a day pack already? And cause I was going to go buy one, but I was like, no, wait, I think my Baltoro pack has a day pack in it. So I rustle this rustle this thing out, pull it out. And there it is. There's actually a day pack with a, I got a platypus water, um, holder or like a platypus. It's not a jug, but it's like a plastic bag that you put water in. And one of them already had water in it. That was like, I don't know how old, like five, four or five years old. That's it's in there, maybe older. And um because I had busted the pack out a couple times and, and I had done a hike up in Valencia. Um and uh Lily, for the love of God, you're killing me here. Here, here, come on, just shift positions here. Here, here we go. Here we go, little bug. Here we go. Can you shift? Thank you. You're killing you're killing me. you're killing the rangers here with your snoring. There you go all right i don't know i'm gonna have to deal with it because i can take her out of the garage bunker but then she scratches at the door and that's more annoying than her snoring her snoring is kind of wistfully calming so anyway so um so i take that bad boy out of there and the platypus out of there and I, I happen to have multiple platypus guys it holds like 70 ounces of water um and so um or more than that i think it holds a lot of water so i take that out fill it up and get some bugs spray this time too so the two things i walked in there with and i just put like your day pack stuff in there so i had a knife um, a knife in there. I had a fire fire kit in there. Uh, an emergency blanket in the water. Not like an emergency tarp, basically, and uh, and just. I'm not going to need fire because it's 98 degrees outside. I'm not going to need the emergency tarp because I'm not going into the, the, the ocean but you want to practice how you play and I want to start getting used to the idea of always being prepared and there's actually I need to do a little bit more research about what my day pack is going to be and what my little because I need some first aid in there. I want to have a compass, right? I have a map for, of the park which is, you know, on one piece of paper because it's not a huge park but I was excited because there's, that's a huge advance from the first time I went in there with no water just in shorts and a t-shirt to the second time I go in there i've got a day pack with water and you know safety supplies basically where I've, i was to get injured and i had to i don't know like survive the night i could i have a limited skills enough to be able to pull a blanket over myself and maybe start a little fire as a signal if i had to uh, and then i have enough water and, and i had water purification tablets so you could literally drink swamp water if you had to so that's being starting the process of learning to be competent learning to be prepared and i had like a, a big advance on that <laughs> And so I got these, these, and I have still have the same hiking boots that I, I bought for my Pacific Crest Trail that I've been you know taking around from how many moves did I do? So I did one, two, three, four, five, so like six moves with these boots that I like very rarely used and I'm starting to use them. So I'm, I, 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 I was like, okay, I got to get a workout in Monday. I didn't get a workout in cause my wife had a hit kind of a mental bonk, bonk mode. So, um, she, uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday I think you're going to get it on Thursday Because the Steve Larson interview dropped yesterday So the daily podcaster got pushed today Which helps me get one up on the weekend Which is good That's an advantage When you do interviews and you're doing um, Oh What's going on in there? Hold on All right. right, Sorry Third attempt today Everybody's got a little ants in their pants there. A little high energy in there Except for my dog who was like It's like I'm caught between the two poles of high energy and low energy right now I'm like kids are going insane and my dog is snoring asleep in a peaceful sleep close to death. Um, all right. So, one advantage of doing a daily podcast sometimes content is it's actually content hasn't been an issue for me yet like we're on episode 108 and I still have like a thousand episodes in my head to do because about the framework and, and basically what I'm trying to accomplish and but but one advantage is, is that when you start doing these interviews it kicks everything out for you a day here and there so that you get ahead because the weekends I've discovered are tough to do so just I try to do the weekends in advance or do at least one of them in advance for the weekend so that I only have to do one over the weekend um, and that is a little tip if you're going to do a daily podcast because. I do try to spend the two days and the weekend with my family and try not to work on Sunday. That's like the total goal right now. Um, So anyways, all right. So, so yeah so back to the back to the hike so i'm I'm, i've got my boots i'm rolling in there and that's like a huge advance and i start on this osmanthus trail and it's not a long trail you know but i haven't i don't have my legs aren't built up for hiking right and so it's relatively flat i mean it's not it's 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 in a swamp so it's hot it was muggy and i loved it i loved every minute of it and i was in there and i was like man It's, you know, something you're on the right track for something that you're doing when you're like, I wish I would have done more of this earlier in my life. But that being said, then I would have the veil of familiarity about it and I wouldn't feel as excited about it as the experience that I'm having right now. And also as an older gentleman, uh, I have the ability to appreciate it a little bit more than I would have when I was in my twenties. And Uh, I also understand the process of it, too, where it's reps. So basically, I'm just trying to get reps right now. So I roll in there and I'm walking. And the Osmanthus Trail is, like I said, it's three miles long. It's pretty cool. They have these bridges in there over the swamp that Boy, Boy Scouts did for their Eagle Scout Project. And I, you know, and you think about that, like the bridges are pretty, it's like a footbridge. And some of them are long. And you're thinking to yourself, they had to like truck this wood in here and they had to bring everything in. And it's just cool. It's like, it's a great task for, you know, whatever, 17 year old or whatever it is that was doing it. And I was very appreciative of those Eagle Scouts. And it's sort of like, it's sort of a history because there's different segments of it. So different Eagle Scouts did it. And one of them did it like an 85. And one of them, you know, the bridges are. Have held the test of time. They have a little plaque and all that about the the name on it on it and everything of the Eagle Scout that did it. And that's even if that that kid never did anything else in the rest of his life, you know, of any consequence. That's something that I don't know. I just think that's he, he the, the countless number of people that were able to traverse that stuff safely. Unlike my son right now, who's uh, having a challenging morning. Let's just say that. Um, it started with he, he rolled in here in the garage bunker and did not want to leave because Daddy's garage bunker is cool. There's a leaf blower in here. There's a there's a Mossberg shotgun and a, and a gun safe that he always wants to get into. And he's like, "Daddy, what's this?" And I say, "That's insurance." Um, and there's a lot of paper towels in here, so I can see why he would want to be in Daddy's garage office in the morning, especially when it's cool. I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee this morning. It mm. reminds me I need to order some more crusaderscoffee.com. Special op smooth operator. I'm going to do that after I get off this. So anyway, so I'm rolling in there and I know that I'm one, I'm getting healthy. So that's good uh, because I'm burning a lot of calories because I'm just sweating like a pig 2 I'm being safe because I've got a big, big old pack of water on my back. I've got, you know, starting of a day pack with safety supplies and um, and I'm just loving it. Man, it was cool. It was just as the stress was just like just just burning off of me in an hour. And I know that if I do that, my goal is to do that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, do it twice a week um, and just roll out there and just just get in the woods and master that park. Because that's really if I can't master this little little park with six little trails on it, there's no way I'm going to be able to master doing a through hike through something I've never done before, just with a map and a compass and some logistical planning. Right. So. Um, so anyway, so I'm rolling, walking in the woods and the cool thing I realized about a swamp is that in you know, part of its woods, part of its swamp, but the Os- Osmanthus Trail has a, a goodly amount of a goodly amount of uh, swamp. Air. And the thing that's interesting about a swamp is that like the forest, like death in a forest is subtle. OK, Uh It's, it's, if you're in like a, not in a swamp, I'm talking about like a regular forest. If you're walking through a regular forest, there is death all around you. The understory has, there's a layer of undergrowth under your feet. It's like all dead shit, like the leaves and dead bugs and there's like manure and whatever. And it's but it's subtle, though, because there's the beauty of the there's the beauty of the forest, which distracts you from it. So you really have to look hard in a forest uh, to find death. That's why it's very unsettling whenever you're walking around in a forest and a wild, dangerous animal comes across your path. So if you've ever come across a bear, which I have, um, it's unsettling because you're like, I don't expect this dangerous, deadly animal to be here in the forest. The forest is just a place of butterflies and, and unicorns because death in a forest is subtle. It's, it's sublime in a way. A swamp or a swampy forest is much different. The death is in your face. Like if you look, if you're in a swamp, first of all, the water's not moving for the most part, okay? Uh, so it's not, there, it doesn't, you have the circulation theory problem where it's, it's all gummed, the works are all gummed up and there's just death and decay. So there's no, there's no movement to move the death out of the swamp for the most part. I mean, I know like the Everglades and all that I'm talking about, but like the swamp that I'm in, the forest swamp, there's fucking no movement in there. And there's just, it is just, it is a sea of mosquito bed basically. And there are broken off trees and nod trees. And it's, it's, it's like these, um, there are trees that are coming up from the ground, like a stalactite in a, uh, and I don't know if it's a stalactite comes up from the bottom or the top, but it's, it's a pill. It's like in a cave where you have a pillar of, uh, pillar of rock that looks like a, you know, a stalactite or stalagmite, but it's coming up from the ground. There's these broken off trees that come up, and they look like that's in a cave. And the, it's, there's not as much sunlight because there's a, there's a lot of, um, of overhead, you know, canopy overhead where I was, and there's this fucking death, right? But then the trees they reach up really, and the, and there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of foliage in the middle part of the tree, right? Because the there's not a lot of sunlight that gets in there, and so the, but the leaves are all up high. So there's this gap between the bottom of death, and then there's this kind of middle, and also death for you. If you, like, there's this, on those footbridges, if you fall over, you can get impaled. Like, if you were to trip and fall off the footbridge you could get impaled on some of these stalagmite tree branches or tree trunks that are broken off right like they're fucking dangerous and so you could drown you could knock your head you could drown like death is not that far away from you just doing on this hike no it's not likely obviously uh but it's 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 right there and you can see it in your fucking face and um and so you're you're you use this to the ground, and then the middle part is just—it's just kind of open in the middle, and then you know there's some spider webs and stuff like that. I took a spider web to the face, which is always fun in the forest. And then on the top, there's the canopy, right? Which is because it reaches to the sun, the sun and the sky. And so there's this life at the top, there's this middle dead zone, and then there's a fucking death at the bottom. And it's—it's the—it's I pre—it's there is a beauty to it because that's how all life is. All life is just a battle of death and life, and with a with this the space, the creative space in between where it's like. The, the, the middle part is where the creation can be there's all life at the top right all death at the bottom and the middle is the tension between those two places and that was cool, what I thought was cool about the swamp and that's what's cool about the understory is it's a it's a chaotic place but it's an open space and there's creation that can be found there if you know how to do it and it's in your fucking face Now the forest is just like that too, but it's, it's less in your face. I thought, and so I'm walking along and I was thinking about it. And so I, I don't know, I've talked about this before, but there's this guy by the name of Garrett J white and he runs wake up warrior. And so I have actually read a lot of his stuff. I've participated in a couple of his programs. There's some of his apps that I use and he is like super uber. uh, I, you know, they call him as part of like the masculine movement. Right. And so like he's very like super masculine. Like he was a former football player and all of that. And and I appreciate that. And that's not my style really. It's like is is I have my own my own way of expressing I don't know, masculinity, man, or whatever. But uh it's not incompatible. It's just not his the way that he delivers his message is not uh not how I am finding my voice and delivering my message. Uh, but a lot of what he says resonates with me, and he surfs like so. He he every day. Um, when I was starting to kind of follow him a little bit, he posted about surfing every day. And the really interesting thing about the ocean is the ocean is also a place of fucking death. Like like the uh, everywhere it is really. But if you think about surfing, and surfing is dangerous. Like there's like if you the, the thing about the waters, you can't make them. You have to respect water. There's a scene in The Rock, which is where Nicolas Cage's character uh, hands a the insides of a rocket that's filled with, I think it's VSX poison gas bubbles or nodules or glass ampules or whatever. Luke, it's not scary. It's a movie. Don't worry. Um, one second. One more, please. Divine interruption. Pandemic podcasting. So anyway, so. Nicholas Cage hands this, these ampules. Is that the word? I don't know. Of po- it's, it's just glass bo- glass spheres filled with green goo that will kill you. And he hands it to Sean Connery, who up to this point has been like, oh, there's a little masculine, masculine uh, yang-yang right here. So Sean Connery is like this ex-SAS officer, intelligence officer, that's like can kill everyone with his hands and a machine gun. And he's like super masculine. And Nicolas Cage is like a nerd, right? Like I'm more of the nerd side. Even though I've done I've attempted to do some more masculine, like classically masculine things in my life. And um, so he hands this VX gas rocket innards to him and he goes, The moment you disrespect this, no, the moment you stop respecting this, it kills you. And Sean Conner was like, Oh, and it's like the it's like this this transition point in the movie where now Nicholas Cage is sort of like sort of coming to his own and do his own thing, right? And you know, the being a man is both. Being a man is the the physical protection dominant like protection i would say not dominance is the wrong word i would say physical um like force the ability to use force as a protective measure okay uh self-defense <laughs> versus the more competence part of masculinity right which is the nicholas cage all right, I've got to figure this out. I'm going to use my brain, not my not my brawn, and those two things together make a man. It's not. It's everything is the math and the music. You can't you can't have one without the other. If you go totally force and dominance, then you turn into like a crazy dictator. And if you turn into total um, brain, you're playing Minecraft all day, making fantasy worlds and not getting anything done. So it's got to be a mixture between the math and the music. And any of it but that's the transition point of the movie and so but that the ocean is like that is 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 the moment you stop respecting the ocean it kills you like water in general I'm going to bring this all around I'm going to tell you another story and then I'm going to bring it around to the to the idea of, of why you don't run your own race is, is this is that so talking about water so like last night we did swim lessons last night with my daughter and she's getting very more she's getting more com- confident in the water and actually that's a kind of a dangerous time because she can't quite swim yet but she Think she's starting to be able to swim. So I literally was sent standing next to her in the pool last night um, where she can stand, right? And the, the lesson's over. And I turn my head and I'm watching the other... There's another couple... Uh, there's a mom and a, they're not a couple, their mom and a son are doing their lesson and they're getting out and everyone's kind of moving over there. And I, I was distracted for five seconds, maybe less. And what had happened is when I turned my head, Madeline got it in her head that she was going to dive forward and try to swim. And so she dived forward, try to swim, went under, right? And th- I turned my head, went under and I turned my head back around and she pops up and she's just soaking wet in her face she's crying she's like coughing and you know luckily she could stand one she could stand where she was two she didn't panic and she could have stood where she was because she could have panicked and not tried to stand sucked up water and went gone right down right and it could have been bad and literally I turned my head for five seconds and the thing was is that it reminded me of it I was like oh shit like because I hadn't got this was our like our s- fifth or sixth lesson in the pool. And I had started, I had started to get comfortable in the pool and comfortable with Madeline being in the pool and comfortable. Just, I had, I had relaxed like 5% too much. And I came home and I told my wife, I was like, Hey, listen, like I really screwed up last night. Like, um, I was right next to her and it could have been a challenge. Like Like it's because if she sucks in the water Then it could have been a thing I'd have to get her out And then maybe it ruins swimming for her Or it could have been worse And so And so the thing is Like you turn your head for five seconds The moment you stop respecting the water It fucking kills you Right And um And the ocean is like that Like obviously like that Right The swamp is obviously like that But One moment Wow It is a particularly challenging day With the uh, children in the background right now Um they're getting a little sass in their pants right now. Luke is under, starting to understand the word no and and uh, he's starting to get a little defiant and everything and so my daughter's already kind of a pill sometimes so uh, it's fun for my wife in there. so we're getting her we're getting her out today. Um, she's gonna I'm gonna send her off to get her nails done or something. Um, fun like that um, or even just to go drink margaritas from a margarita machine. I'm gonna have to, I can tell already I'm gonna the clock is ticking. I'm gonna have to get her out of the house here. <laughs> in like two hours um so anyway so the ocean the moment you stop respecting the ocean and water will kill you okay the swamp is like that the moment you stop respecting um but it's obvious like yeah this you could get into a problem in here really fucking fast in this place because there's like you could get wet and whatever like all sorts of problems but the forest isn't really like that and um but it, it's it's because it's it's a little more the death is more subtle but it's just as dangerous. the the elements will kill you really quick. What people don't understand is that it's really rather simple to go into hypothermia and die in the elements. And it doesn't have to be that cold to to have that happen. it's like your core temperature goes down. Um, You you can, you can have problems really fast in the elements outside. If you're not prepared, if you're prepared, you can, you can live out of there for a long time. Like as long as you have water and you know how to get yourself shelter and keep your tech core temperature, you know, in the right place, you're fine for a long time. the water is the problem a lot of times. And, um, um, but if you know how to do like a lean to it, whatever, whatever you get the point I'm trying to make, but, but it's always there. Right. And, and the thing is, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm walking in this place. I'm like, this could be dangerous. It's not. And I walk past this, family who they don't have any water they've got some young kids with them and i'm like i don't think you know how did you even look at a map like i don't think you know how long this is this is like an hour solid hike and these kids are going to melt down here in about that you have i could just see by looking at them and this is right into the beginning of the hike so i don't know if they are going to do the whole hike or they're just going to go in and turn around but i didn't say anything um because they're adults and it's not my not my place maybe they were trying to like do training for their kids so their kids could walk without water i don't know whatever so wasn't my place. And you know, they're, they're going to learn that lesson, however, they're going to learn it. And if they are if they ask you for help, then you give it to them. But, but unsolicited help is almost always bad. Like you trying to help someone that's not asking for it is almost always bad. You will just root them in farther into what they're doing and just, they'll, they'll do that just to defend themselves and they'll hurt themselves even more. That's just, that is a fact I've learned. Um, and so I'm walking along or whatever. And I'm like, okay, they'll be, they'll be fine. And they're adults. It's not that far of a hike. Everybody will just get uncomfortable, whatever. So I'm walking through. I'm really enjoying it. I'm thinking this thing's about, oh, this thing about, like, like man, the swamp has death in it. And, and um... The the thing about the the surf like the surfing because Garrett J White does the surfing and his whole thing is he posts and talks a lot about surfing. I mean, actually, he hasn't done that much surfing lately that I've seen in terms of talked about it. But he was in a, like a real heavy social media surfing discussion, and when he was doing that, um, and I'm going to bring this all around, is that he it was it made surfing look so awesome because surfing I'm sure is awesome. And I live in Virginia Beach, so I could surf here if I wanted to. And I may one day attempt to surf. Like maybe that will be a planned growth experience after I do this through hike or whatever. I don't know. And maybe one of my kids will get into it. And if my kids get into it, then I'll probably want to be able to do it a little bit with them, whatever. But the thing about water is for me is like I actually um, like surfing doesn't that part of surfing in, in the ocean. It's just I don't connect with it as much as I do with the forest. And, but there's, it's not because necessarily I fear, and I think maybe I always thought that, Oh, I was, I was afraid of the water. Right. But there's just as much chance of dying in a forest as there is in the ocean. Right. It's just more subtle. And so it's just something I just don't connect with it, but I easily, if I'm trying to emulate what, um, what someone else is doing like that, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be just like that guy. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be super aggressive and super on the uh, like the a the type a masculine versus the type type a and type b is a wrong i don't know i gotta figure out about the way to talk about it but one is more aggressive and one is more relaxed i would say and you need them both but he's definitely on the aggressive side right and i appreciate that about it and but if i was to try to push that side of my personality more it doesn't it just doesn't connect and surfing i think is to me feels kind of there's an aggression to it just because the power of the ocean, like the ocean waves are very aggressive. There's a lot of power. Um, and so I was sitting there thinking about like, yeah, I'm like really happy that I didn't get into surfing because that could have been a rabbit hole. That just wouldn't have been a good fit for me right now. And I'm really happy that I, I did the work and explored what I wanted to do with this through hike. And so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about that. And then I hear this noise behind me. And this dude comes out behind me, he's like, on your right. And so, which means that he's running and that he, he, I guess, I don't think he can be on a bike on that trail, but he's like, he's running. And so I like move over a little bit and he's actually supposed to pass on your left and you're supposed to stay right. But for whatever reason, he said, on your right. So I moved, um, I moved left or no, that's not what I did. I actually moved more right. I got off the trail because I just conditioned to try to go right. So I was like, fuck. So I like went right. And then I was like, went over. And this dude ran by me, and he had to be in the military. And he was... I'm 6'4 half. He was, like, six six one, six two, 6'2", and just, like, just like thick upper body, thick legs. And he was running through there, like, upright. And just, just like, he's just... No shirt on. He's running through there. And he just looks like... He, he looks like he could, like, storm the beaches of Normandy by himself. Now, maybe he's not in the military. I don't know. Like, but this dude, this cat, looked like he was... He was, he was uh, seriously competent on the a-masculine side, right? So he runs by me and everything like that, and, and then he just disappears. And I was like, holy shit. Like, uh, and I started thinking about it, and I started going into this place where, um, I started going to this place where I was like, man, maybe I should start running on this trail, right? And then i looked at my boots and i was like but i'm not it's funny it's it's you hear people say the term run your own race right because he was definitely running some kind of race he's timing himself or he was really aggressive about it and the thing is like i think that's a good term to run your own race but even the idea of of it doesn't the idea of a race itself is a is a frame that you would have to buy into right, so like it would have to be the idea that him and I are racing, and I'm just running my own race. Him and I are not racing. That guy is doing a complete whatever his deal is. If he's in the military, or he's like a just doing it to get fit, or he's doing Spartan race, whatever the fuck that guy's doing, I don't know whatever it is he's doing. He's playing. He's playing an entirely different sport game than I'm doing for his his reason of being in the understory. His reason of running through that swamp the way that he's doing it. The reason why he's got his body and the way that he's got his body. Um, is unknown, number one, but diff for sure different than the reason that I'm doing it. Because I'm trying to develop skills in the forest. I'm trying to develop an appreciation and stress release. I'm trying to get ready to go to a through hike and I'm wearing fucking giant clunky hiking boots that are protecting my feet in case I need to go off the path or whatever. And he's wearing running shoes. And so I would, tell, I would say to you is don't even get caught up in You know, the comparison game is so, so dangerous because you could, you could do that and you can say, well, I'm running a different race than him, but I'm not even running a race. I'm walking on a path and he, whatever that guy is doing, like he's doing it well and I'm happy for him, but the danger is just trying to, trying to take that as a sign or trying to integrate that into what I'm doing. And just other than just being appreciative for someone who's, someone who's get who's I, I just appreciate the competence, right? I, whatever he's doing, he's doing it competently. And I appreciate that. But if you were making your own place, there is no comparison and you don't have a, you, you know, the old Wade would have, would have like hemmed and hawed and been like, oh, maybe I should maybe I should be doing that or maybe I should be running and I would explore that. And I'd go down that rabbit hole. And that's not running, running through the fucking forest right now is not in my, in my wheelhouse. (laughs) That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm going through the forest to be able to, to do a planned growth experience, to get reps, to learn and to enjoy the process that I'm doing. And I can appreciate someone else's process, but I don't have to be validated by it or search for validation from it. And I talked about that, how curiosity kills the validation cat. I can just be curious about what he's doing, that's fine. But curiosity does not mean that you take it as your own or try to make it your own. And it was just a good experience for me because, yeah, you know, you're not gonna, just like with your kids, you're not going to, you know, I talk about interruptions and I talk about divine interruptions. And like you can treat interruptions as interruptions and get pissed off about it and then manage whatever it is and then get back to what you were doing. Or you can look at it as a chance for inspiration or a chance as investment and inspiration comes every once in a while right but investment your chance to invest becomes every is possible to you every time with your kids or your wife when they when they want something from you and you're trying to accomplish a task and it's the same thing with what you're doing in the forest like you know maybe i have that thought with that guy and i'm like okay good I'm, it, it validates it validates i hate that word it it helps me to understand that i to feel more confident that i'm on the right path for myself And just by the way that I can look at how I historically would have reacted to that and how I reacted to it yesterday. But sometimes I'm just going to walk in the fucking forest and it's just going to be a fucking walk in the forest. And there's not going to be any realization about the swamp is a place of death. And it's not going to be a realization about um, I'm not seeking, you know, walking my own path. It's just a rep in the forest. And that's part of the process, too. And you can appreciate a rep in the forest just as much as you can appreciate some insight that you get from some yoked dude running to run through there. And you're thankful that he's an American and he's not one of our, he's not working for one of our enemies. Right. Um, Cause it's, we need a lot of cats like that. Uh, that's why people don't mess with us directly. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all of it because the understory can hold all the understory is infinite. It can hold everything at once and there's a place for you in it, but you have to make that place. So what I want you to do is I want you to take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a journal, for the love of God, go buy a journal. Uh, but for the moment, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade. And what I want you to do is I just want you to write down "Walk My Own Path." So you got you don't need to run. You don't need to run your own race. A race by itself is buying into something, someone else's idea of what you should be doing. I don't even know if you need to be in a race. Maybe you do, but the first part of every race is you got to walk. And before you even step on a track to race anything or anyone, you've got to walk your path to decide which race to run or even if you're going to run a race. And that's what I do is I do the foundational work before we decide to do fucking anything because I help, I help married male entrepreneurs or pro-marriage people, maybe you want to get married, but let's just say, let's just say male married entrepreneurs for the moment, um, figure out their next step by building a foundation out to completely outside of commerce and the commerce consciousness. Because what a lot of people try to do, what a lot of dudes try to do is because they see a really super competent dude run, run a different business. And like, I'm going to do that business. What a lot of guys do is they see Garrett J. White kicking ass in his business and surfing. And then they go like, I'm going to go be like him and I'm going to take up fucking surfing. Or he's got, he's got his right arm tattooed as a sleeve. And I'm going to do that. Right. And I, I would have you consider the possibility that that is not the direction that you want to go first. Same with affiliate marketing, same with network marketing, same with any modeling of anyone that's successful at all. I would have you consider the possibility that you need to figure out your own path first. And then if you want to emulate someone, fine. Then if you want to do affiliate marketing, fine. Then if you want to do an MLM, fine. But if you don't do the groundwork and you don't figure out a process and a framework for you, you're fucked and your family's fucked and you're going to lose you're going to burn all of the capital you have with your wife about that you got it figured out because she's going to sense that you don't. But just remember, there is no end if it's in the path to understanding. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an online entrepreneur, I know exactly what it feels like to be you because I am one. I know what it's like to know that you are smart and work your ass off, but always feel like you cannot get traction. I know what it feels like to have your spouse support you outwardly, but on the inside, they're saying to themselves, is this going to work? And I know that you want to create something in business, but you always end up chasing the same dollar over and over. Or maybe you want to create something in the arts, but you feel like you shouldn't play there. So you wander in the forest, stuck in the understory. I spent over 40 years there fighting the same monsters and bandits over and over. And when I discovered that if you learn what the understory is and you start to go there on purpose, you can find a clearing where you have clarity and power in your commerce, connections, and creations. You handle the forest like a badass ranger with the proper mindsets and skill sets that you need. Not once chosen for you by some guru or your parents, but chosen by you on paper. On purpose. We can walk the understory together, but I cannot find you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understorylawyer.simplecast.com. Let's find your clearing together a place free of entanglements, a place with a bedrock foundation, and a place where you set the boundaries, not anyone else.